Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 243, Human Growth and Development with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hello, I'm Dr. Mark Hunter, and I'll be your instructor for Psychology 243, Human Growth and Development. In this unit, we're going to look at heredity, prenatal development and birth, and also the physical, perceptual, and motor development of infants. Now, this is a class that's covering from conception to death, so there's quite a bit of stuff to cover, but I hope that you'll find it enjoyable and uh, find it informative and useful for you as you study uh, human growth and development. We're going to look at Chapter 2 in your book, Biological Foundations, Heredity, Prenatal Development, and Birth. In the at conception, there's 23 chromosomes in the sperm, and it emerges with 23 chromosomes, the egg. And each chromosome is one molecule of DNA. The section of DNA provides all the instructions that your body needs to create uh, you. So all our genes make up our genotype, um, the, uh, the instruction, chemical instructions that makes us who we are. Our phenotype refers to our physical, our behavioral, psychological characteristics. So when you meet someone or you know someone, you really know them by their phenotype. And it would take um, uh, taking some DNA from someone to understand what their genotype is. So there's different forms of the same gene are called alleles. And when you have one, um, allele from a pair of your father and your mother, it's, if it's the same, it's called homogenous. If it's different, it's called uh, heterogeneous, and so, or heterozygous, excuse me. And so in genetic information, the dominant gene is usually is the one that has the instruction. So for example, um, the eye color, your hair color, and you can uh, understand the different odds and probability of someone having a, a blue-eyed child based off the eye color of their, their parents. Most inherited disorders are carried by recessive genes, such as sickle cell disease or um, another one called phenocotonuria. And sometimes when there's two recessive genes, come in together, that causes a problem and can lead to diseases and other inherited problems. Sometimes a fertilized egg does not contain all the information from uh, both sets of genes. Maybe there's a chromosome missing, or maybe there's an extra chromosome. And depending on whether there's uh, a an extra chromosome or they're missing a chromosome, there can be a variety of different inherited diseases that come up. We're familiar with Down syndrome, but also sometimes if there's a damage in the um, genetic information, that can cause a problem as well. Sometimes when we have behavioral and psychological phenotypes that are reflective of a continuum, you know, for eye color, it's either you have blue eyes or you don't have blue eyes. But things like intelligence, there's a spectrum. There's from um, 
an average of 100. You could go higher, you could go lower. And polygenetic inheritance, the phenotype reflects the information of many distinct genes. And um, this has been examined with twin studies. So if you have a uh, um, identical twins, you are looking to see if um, there's any differences that occur over time. And uh, sometimes you have uh, a twin that maybe has an, an illness or disease and others that don't. And so there's uh, a lot of information in human development is done through twin studies. The impact of heredity is really important on a child's development. And, uh, but it's also the environment that the child is raised on. You may hear the question asked, is it nature or nurture? Is it genetics or environment that causes us to become who we are? But um, it's really both. There's a combination of the genetic materials that you inherited from your parents, but also the environment in which you live, the family environment, the community that you live in. So all these things contribute to make you who you are. So for example, if you could clone someone, uh, someone famous, uh, we clone Abraham Lincoln. That doesn't mean that we would get someone that had the same qualities of Abraham Lincoln. We would have someone that had the same genetic information, but the phenotypes, the environment and the experiences you have would, would result in a different person. After con, um, conception, there's different distinct periods in the development of the child. The first two weeks is called the period of the zygote. And so this is when the, the egg and the sperm have um, joined together and the, and the egg is in the, the fallopian tube. And it actually makes a sort of a journey down um, into the wall of the uterus. And at the end of this two week period, the cells are starting to differentiate. They're starting to have um, special roles and, you're and you can be able to see those. The period of the embryo is week, are weeks three through eight. And at this time, this is a lot of growth happens. And so at the beginning of this, our development really goes, as it says, cephalocaudal. And that means that our head develops first. And so if you've ever seen pictures of an embryo, you'll notice that the head is much larger than the rest of the body and the chest. And then our development goes from head and then our chest, and then it spreads out. The period of the fetus is the longest period, and that's weeks 9 through 38. And this is where you see changes in the size of the, the child, and you start to see uh, distinct features, start to see uh, the uh, fingernails, the hair, and things like that. And so by seven months, most bodily systems are functioning well enough to support life. Now, uh, of course, we, we want the child to, uh, to gestate for nine months, but if a child is born prematurely, there are ways to uh, help that child develop and uh, so it be healthy enough to eventually go home. The age of the mother can really have an effect on prenatal development. Teenagers often have problem pregnancies. 
mainly because they don't receive the adequate care they need. There's a lot of uh, reasons that may be uh, embarrassment or trying to hide it from someone and not seeking out the medical needs. After age 35, pregnant women are more likely to give birth to a child with an intellectual disability. And, um, and so if there's also lack of nutrition or there's a lot of stress, these uh, things could contribute to the prenatal development of the child as well. Pterogens are what we call poisons, and they're agents which can affect the development of the child. Um, many of the drugs that we take, um, you know, just over-the-counter drugs or uh, alcohol or things like that, can have an effect on the development of a child. Um, also, if um, the mother uh, catches a disease during her pregnancy, that can have an effect on the development of a child. And also the environmental conditions. So the, the mother may be unaware, but there may be some type of um, bacteria or germ or, or other things that can have an effect on the development of the child. During the labor stage, it consists of three stages. The first stage, the muscles of the uterus contract, and then the contractions are, are weak at first, and then it gradually becomes stronger. In stage two, the baby moves through the birth canal, and at stage three, the placenta is delivered along with the child, of course. There's um, different types of delivery. Most babies are delivered in a hospital setting, and but um, and there's pre um, uh, there's birthing classes which allow women to learn how to breathe and uh, use relaxation techniques. And the purpose of this is to reduce the amount of of um, medications or uh, uh, any painkillers or anything like that that uh, may have an effect on the delivery of the child. There's a uh, there's, there's a movement now where uh, babies are being delivered at home, and that can be done uh, usually safely. Um, most of us, I mean, most of civilization was born in a home before the last century, so there's, um, it can be done. Usually that's with a, a midwife. So following the birth of a child, the, the woman's body goes through lots of changes, of course, and so she's able to produce milk, and her hormones level stops. Um, there's also, of course, not just the physical, but there's a psychological uh, adjustment as well. And at first, you know, the mother is spending time with the child, feeding the child, and, and the father may feel a little left out. There's also the experience of postpartum depression that some women experience. They, um, they become irritable, they have maybe a poor appetite, disturbed. Uh, disturbed sleep. Now, um, this is not uncommon. It, it can happen, it, but it doesn't always last uh, for long periods of time, but it's something to be aware of. This is chapter three. We're going to look at exploring the world, the physical, perceptual, and motor development of children. So babies are born with, a, with natural reflexes. They're able to grasp, they're able to um, 
to suckle. They're able to, to move around. These are things that we are born with that we can naturally do. And so these are voluntary uh, and, um, and it, it comes from the, you know, our, um, our uh, environments and it, excuse me, it comes from just from centuries of this is how a baby was able to survive by learning how to hold on to, to learn how to, to uh, get breast milk. One way to study this and the, if a child is, is healthy or not is the APGAR scale. We won't go through the details of that, but this is done at the hospital. And there's also a neonatal behavioral assessment scale. And they're looking at these types of reflexes. They're looking at if the child is able to um, have a, uh, um, to hear a little bit, you know, if they can follow and if they're crying appropriately. So these things are checked uh, at the hospital. Usually babies just spend their day in one of four states. Usually there's alert inactivity, meaning that they're looking around. Uh, they're just trying to understand what the environment is. Waking activity, uh, where they're moving around a little bit more, crying and sleeping. And so mothers and fathers usually know that there's different types of cries for a child. There's a calming cry, or excuse me, a basic cry, a mad cry. And, um, and as most of us know, holding the baby, just patting it, usually is able to uh, stop the crying. There's newborns usually spend about two thirds of their day sleeping, so about 16 hours. And about three or four months, they're able to sleep through the night. And they're able to have uh, types of sleep that we as adults have, uh, REM sleep and such. Temperament is referred to as just the basic kind of psychological behavior of the child. Now, sometimes we think of it as personality. Personality is more complex. Temperament is really the consistent style of the, of the child. It's, um, for example, are they more um, irritable? Are they um, more calm? And these are things that scientists, psychologists have studied to see if there's a consistency over time, to see if there's an ability to uh, remain that way over the lifetime and measures of extroversions, for example. The physical development of a child occurs rapidly. And you know, if you've ever had a family member, had a baby, and it's maybe been a few months to, since you've seen it, just the quick changes that occur. And so they gain um, their height and their weight rather quickly. It's, um, and usually, again, it goes through this, um, this head first and head and trunk development, meaning that we usually are um, focused on our, really the head in the middle part of our bodies first, and then we progress in our development and uh, sort of, I guess you would say, uh, coordination for as we get uh, further and further from our, um, from our midsection. The other development with the physical development occurs with the neurons. And so the child is born with a set of neurons, but think of those as sort of like um, Legos. And if you had a new box of Legos, you could pour them out on the, on the table and 
they're just everywhere, right? You have all that you need, but you need to construct them and make, connect them to make them the object that you want. And that's sort of true with neurons. It's they're, they're there, but they need to make connections between one another. And so during this time, the child is listening, they're seeing, they're hearing and touching things. And all these activities are aligning their neurons and making these connections so that they can learn language, so that they are able to be coordinated and all this activity. So presenting, even though the child may not be able to react or respond to the sounds around them or the sights around them, they are actually having neural activity taking place. Brain specialization, different parts of our brain that focus on different, uh, different areas, our different senses, continues to develop during this period. So, um, but this again depends on the environment. So if a child grew up in a completely silent environment, then the parts of the brain which deal with language and sound would not develop as strong. Or if they grew up in a, in a completely dark room, our visual cortex would not develop as well. So stimulation of different types are important for a child's development. Also, children develop what we call locomotor skills. So during the first few months, they're able to maybe to roll over, kind of push themselves up, start to crawl, and then eventually to take the first few steps. And so all this is evidence of the neural activity that's taking place, these connections that are happening. Just as you learn a new skill and are kind of maybe clumsy at first, an infant is learning all these new skills uh, around them, walking, talking, all these things. And this takes some time and repetition so these neural connections can occur. Usually at first, a child uses one hand at a time and both and then hands independently. Then later on, they are able to use both hands to different actions. Um, we know that most people are right-handed and about 10% of the population is left-handed. But um, this is, becomes evident during the first few years of life. Children can show preference for which hand they use to pick up different objects. And sometimes this can be affected by the heredity or, you know, but also the, um, the environment in which a child grows up in. If there's a preference for right-handedness or the objects are set up for right-handed people, children tend to uh, acclimate more toward that. Newborns are able to smell and some can recognize their mother's odor and they become very familiar with what their mother smells like. They can taste, they can be able to understand, you know, differentiate if sweet and sour and bitter and taste like that. They, of course, respond to touch, and that's very important for them to have um, that sense of comfort. And we also know that babies can hear, and they're able to start to distinguish different sounds at a relatively young age and different music sounds. When they get to know the world, their perception, their visual acuity is, is pretty poor. In fact, an infant can only see clearly to around maybe 12 to 18 inches, which is really about the, the uh, uh, distance between the baby's face and the mother's face when the baby's being held. Um, 
our development of being able to see colors and grow uh, as the cones in our eyes start to develop in our blue, green, and red cones and uh, being able to understand um, depth perception. Uh, children can show uh, really early an understanding of depth perception and your book talks about different experiments about that. And children have a natural affinity toward human faces. If they're shown a face that is upside down, it's, it's disturbing for them. But if they're shown a face with uh, two eyes on top and a mouth on the bottom, they spend more time looking at those. And about 15 months, a child is really starting to understand that they're a person. They're able to recognize who they are in a mirror. And then they prefer to look at pictures of themselves. So in around two years old, pretty much most children are self-aware. So this covers unit one, and I'll be with you again in unit two.